Welcome back to another episode of Simply Unprofessional. Tonight, I am your host, Rob. And that's it. It's just me again. Um, so we're going to be talking today about a game that I just started playing. Um, a bunch of my friends back home actually started playing this, and they kept sending pictures of their... Because it's a, card, a collectible trading card game, kind of like Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic, whichever one that you are more familiar with um so my friends back home started playing this and they were sending pictures of their cards and stuff um and i was like "Ooh, this looks like a, a card game that i could get into um so it's it's called lorcana which is basically it's disney characters made in combined with like into a pokemon slash magic type game um, so it's, it's a collectible card game. Um, there's different abilities. Uh, all, like all of the characters have different abilities. There's some different variations of different characters. Um, there's items. There's songs. There's actions that you can take. Um, so it's all it's all kind of interesting. We're gonna get into here. I I don't actually don't know how to play yet. Um, so I have I have a starter deck here that has. Um, the quick set of rules it has a little play mat that it comes with and some like counter tokens um but i've been looking through the cards and the cards are pretty cool um like i have three different versions of aladdin here and each one's like a different type like there's aladdin street rat there's aladdin prince ali and then there's uh what was the last one uh aladdin heroic outlaw so, like, they're different versions of Aladdin with different powers. <clears throat> um, and I'm pretty sure that, like, all the characters are like that, where there's, like, different versions of them with different abilities. Um, so let's get into the, the, the rules here. So, uh, says, uh, As an Illumineer in the wondrous realm of Lorcana, you'll wield magical ink to summon new versions of Disney characters and items, which are called Glimmers. These glimmers, some familiar, some fantastic, will help you as you race across Lorcana to find and collect missing pieces of lore. Endless quests await. Uh, so it says Disney's Lorcana is a strategy card. Uh, strategy, it's strategy and tragedy put together. Strategy. Oh boy. Uh, now it a strategy card game. Uh, with each player makes their own deck before the game starts, and the decks aren't mixed together. Oh, well, uh, why would you be... Yeah, okay. If you know how to play, like, most card games, you're not going to mix your deck with your opponent's deck. I think that's what it's saying. At least I hope that's what it's saying. Um, you can play with one of the available ready-to-play card decks, make changes to those decks, or build a deck that's entirely your own. In a game like this, cards allow you to do things that aren't 
uh, normally a part of everyday turn. If your card's text ever contradicts the game rules, follow what the card says. Okay, so that's like standard for most card games like Magic and whatnot. So it looks like there's six different colored uh, colors of cards, kind of like again how Magic has like white magic, black magic, red magic, blue magic, green magic. <coughs> um, but it looks like there's six here. There's purple, green, orange, red, blue, and gray. Um, so it looks like, but it says that you can only use two colors in a deck. So unlike magic where you could, I mean, I, I don't know if you can do just one color or if it has to be two colors. But I know like in Magic, you could do one color, two color, three color, four, or all five. Um, so this one limits you to two colors per deck. Okay. It says, in this game, you'll race uh, to locate pieces of lore scattered across Lorcana and collect them for safekeeping, summoning glimmers of Disney characters and items along the way to help you with your quests, hinder your opponents, and challenge opposing characters. Uh, with the right strategy and a bit of luck, you can persevere and collect lore against, uh, and preserve your lore against future threats. Uh, your goal is to be the first player to gain 20 or more lore. Some card abilities give you lore, but the most common way to f is to gain it is by playing characters and sending them on quests. Okay, so it's a, it has the, the different cards breakdown. So there's characters. Uh, you'll see, you'll send character glimmers on quests and into challenges. Some have special abilities. Uh, so the example it gives is Cruella de Vil. Um, and it has a breakdown of the card. So on the card I see it has Cruella de Vil, uh, the name, it has her, her picture. Up in the top left corner it has number two with like a gold swirl around it. Um, next to her name, uh, her name has like a little title, it's Cruella DeVille, Miserable as Usual. Uh, like how Aladdin had like Street Rat and uh, Prince Ali, this one says Miserable as Usual. Um, she has like a little shield that has number three in it and like a spiky eyeball almost that has the number one. Uh, and then underneath it says Storyborn Villain. Uh, and then her ability is called You'll Be Sorry. It says, when this character is challenged and banished, you may return chosen character to their player's hand. Uh, and then there's like a little, underneath there's like a little, uh, and oh, and next to that there's like a star, uh, well, like a little, almost a diamond. So I'm assuming it costs something to use that. And then underneath it says, like a little quote or whatever from, from uh, I'm guessing 101 Dalmatians, it says, when she stops by, misery is company. Um, and then at the very bottom of the card, there's like a bronze triangle, which I wouldn't have mentioned, except I see in other cards, there's a different symbol at the bottom. Anyway, so it says, parts of the card. On all cards, cost is how much ink the card costs to play. So that's the little symbol up in the top left that I said that said two, so it tossed two ink to play Cruella. It says inkwell icon, cards with the swirl, which she does have the swirl on that, around the cost hexagon can be put into your inkwell to use as ink. Okay, so yeah, and then looking at the little playmat they give you, it's got, it's got like a 1 through 20 track, which I'm assuming is how you keep track of how much lore you have. And then there's 
four spots for cards. One says deck, one says discard, one says cards in play, and then one says inkwell. So it uh, looks like you can use cards that have that golden swirl as ink to summon other cards. I'm guessing that's what you, how you do it, rather than you know how in in Magic you would use lands to to tap mana. So this looks like you have to use other cards as ink to summon other cards. Uh, name characters also have a vi version name listed below the character's name. Classifications characters sometimes reference cards such as broom. Uh, oh, so I see there's, there's a card of Mickey that they're pointing to on the next page. I didn't unfold it all the way, so because Cruella was above that. But on the side, it's pointing, like little pieces are pointing to Mickey. Uh, so Mickey Mouse, Wayward Sorcerer, he's got, a, he's got an ink cost of four. He's got a shield of, that says four. The little spiky thing is three. Dreamborn Sorcerer. Okay, so that must be a little different too, because Cruella was a storyborn, and he's a dreamborn. There must be a difference between those. Um, so the part where it says categories sometimes reference in card rules such as broom in this example, um, because his ability says animate broom, you pay one less ink to play broom characters. <coughs> uh, and then ink this symbol and the color band behind the card name indicates the card's ink type. Okay, so because Mickey is a purple card, you must need to use purple ink to summon him, which is why you can only have, I guess that's why they limit you to two ink types per deck. Otherwise, it might be too difficult to get enough ink to summon things. Um, and Cruella was green ink. <coughs> um, Ability effects, the card special rules on occasion, these are called effects on characters and items. Most abilities have a story-based name, especially common abilities instead of use bold words like rush in the example below. Uh, whenever one of your broom characters is banished in a challenge, you may return that card to your hand. Um, but then there's also things like rush, which is like a basic thing that can be on multiple so it gives an example of that, Rush, and then in parentheses it says this character can challenge the turn that they're played. <clears throat> so that's kind of like the fast summon or whatever it is, the not affected by summoning sickness and magic type thing. Um, so these have special rules like that as well that, that can be, that multiple characters can have. Um, so items. Item glimmers stay in play when you play them and give you special abilities during the games. So the example it gave is the Dingle Hopper from the Little Mermaid. It is one ink to summon. It is an orange ink item. It's a straightened hair. Pay, looks like pay an ink, I guess, to remove up to, oh no, that's not ink. What is that? I don't know. Pay something, I'll have to figure out what that is. Pay something to remove up to one damage from chosen character. It might be their symbol for ink on the cards, but no, because ink is like a different. Uh, so I'm not sure. Um, I'll figure that out and come back to it. <laughs> um, so that that stays in play, I guess, unless it's removed somehow. Um, and then you can just keep using the item's ability over and over again if you can pay for it. 
Uh, oh yeah, so here's, uh, oh, okay, so the little, like, I guess it's a sun symbol when you take, with the number in it, it looks like an eye, but with the number taken out, it looks kind of like a sun. So the sun symbol is their strength, so Mickey has a strength of three, Cruella has a strength of one, and then the shield is willpower, our strength is how much damage a character deals during a challenge, and then willpower is the shield, Mickey has four, Cruella has three, it says how much damage it takes to banish this character from play. And then the little diamond next to the powers are the lore value, how much lore you gain when this character quests. Okay. Um, and then the thing on the bottom, like I said, Cruella had a, a, a bronze triangle. Mickey has like a, looks almost like a seashell, I guess, or a diamond. Uh, on the bottom of his, that's like, uh, like a silver color. But anyway, uh, so the bronze, triangle is a rare card and the seashell one that Mickey has is super rare and then there's common which is like a, a circular gray symbol uncommon which is like a white shield symbol a different type of shield symbol than the willpower one and then legendary is like a gold um, I guess like a gold crown eh? something like that not quite a crown but some similar to a crown shape so that shows the rarity of the cards I guess the very bottom okay so uh, and then the ink types are amber which is the orange emerald which is the green sapphire which is the blue amethyst which is the purple ruby which is red and steel which is the gray uh, actions action cards give it one-time advantage and then are discarded uh, so this one has an example of dragon fire it looks like Maleficent in her dragon form it says dragon fire action it is a ruby ink it says banish chosen character which is must be what it does you must banish one of the your opponent's characters to the i'm guessing to the discard pile and then you also discard that card and then there are songs uh that gives one jump ahead from aladdin as the song uh example the songs are a type of action and you can play just play one just like any other action by playing it by paying its cost and resolving its effect but that's not your only option some characters can sing the songs for you so that you don't have to pay for the ink okay uh, i guess so some characters have the ability to sing songs and so that you don't have to pay for them uh so like this song it says a character with a caught with cost two or more can sing this song for free uh, put the top card of your deck into your inkwell face down and exerted. <clears throat> I don't know what exerted mean. I'm, I'm sure we'll get to that. I'm guessing it's ta like tapped, like in other things. Uh, so each player needs their own deck. You also need damage counters and a way to track how much lore you have. Both come with your starter deck. Shuffle your deck, set your lore tracker to zero, draw seven cards for your starting hand, and you can look at the cards in your hand, but not anyone else's hand. Well, yeah. Uh, alter your starting hand if you choose. See below. Skip this step in your first game. Uh, determine the first player by flipping a coin, rolling a dice, or so on. Okay, so altering your starting hand, which it recommends not to do the first time you're playing. But I'm guessing if you're more experienced and you're like, yeah, I don't like these cards, you can change them. But it says to alter your hand... Before the game begins, each player can alter their starting hand one time, beginning with the first player. Usually a player does this if they don't have very many cards with inkwell icons on them, 
or if too many of their cards have a high cost. To do this, put any number of cards from your hand at the bottom of your deck without revealing them, then draw cards until you have seven again. Finally, reshuffle your deck. Uh, so basically it's like a, a chosen redraw where you can get rid of cards that you're like, nah, I'm not going to need these for a while. You put them back and get and draw new cards. Okay. <clears throat> so playing the game. A turn is divided into two parts. Each player takes their whole turn before passing the turn on to the next player. On your turn, take these steps in order. Beginning phase. Ready. Ready your exerted cards by turning them upright. So exerted is turned sideways, just like you would tap a card in, in Magic. Set. Check for effects that happen at the start of your turn and follow those instructions. And then draw. Draw a card from the top of your deck, the first player's skips this step on the first turn. So if, uh, if you go first, you don't get to draw a card. Main phase. Once per turn, you can put a card face down into your inkwell at any time. Additionally, you can take any actions listed below any number of times in any order you want. This allows you to take full advantage of what your cards can do in combination with other effects. Play a card. Use a character ability that doesn't require them to exert. Use an item ability. Take an action with a character that's been in play since the start of your turn. These include quest, challenge an opponent's exerted character, and use an ability that requires them to exert. Uh, using abilities. Many items and characters have abilities that you can use during your turn, and only during your turn. These normally affect other cards in play. Cards in a player's deck, discard hand, or inkwell aren't in play, so they aren't affected by other cards unless the, a card says otherwise. Uh, so if a card ability has a cost that appears before the effect with two separate, uh, two separated by a dash, the cost might include an exert cost. Okay, so the one that I was like, I don't know what this is, it might be ink, is actually exert. So like the Dingle Hopper, you would exert to remove one damage from chosen character. So that's what that symbol means. <clears throat> Which means to turn it sideways, it basically to show that it's used. Um, and then an ink cost, which uh, is the little symbol at the top of each card. Uh, text that explains the cost or the combination of any of these, you must pay every part of an ability's cost in order to play that ability. The character with a particular ability can't be generated that, uh, wait. The character with a particular ability can't be granted that ability again. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, remember you can't use abilities of a character you played this turn, right? Example, Beast Mirror has the ability Show Me, which reads the swirly symbol that means exert and then three and then the ink symbol if you have no cards in your hand draw a card on your turn you may play this card's ability by exerting the card and paying three ink <coughs> by exerting three cards in your inkwell okay so the cards in your inkwell it looks like looks like they work like lands so if you put a card in your inkwell it's not used up when you use the ink you tap it or exert it to, to draw the ink from that card. Um, so they aren't, I was worried, like, I was like, am I gonna have to have, throw half of my 
deck into this inkwell in order to have the ink to play stuff. Uh, so basically, yeah, so they work like lands do in Magic, where you can tap them to draw ink out of the card, but it stays in play and then unexerts at the end or at the beginning of your next turn. Um, And it says, because the mirror is an item and not a character, you can even play its ability the same character you play the card. So I guess only characters are, are not able to play their abilities when they're first played. Uh, so the first player to reach 20 lore or more wins. If your deck runs out of cards, you lose the next time you would have to draw a card. So that works the same way in Magic as well. So it, uh, in Magic, if you run out of cards, you also lose. <coughs> uh, so this is kind of like Disney Magic. Summon creatures, you use spells, <laughs> you have artifacts. Very, very similar. Okay, uh, what are ready and exerted cards? Some game rules and cards effect require to exert a card in play. To exert a card, turn it sideways. Once a card is extended, exerted, you cannot exert it again until it's been readied by a game rule or a card effect. To ready a card, simply turn it back to the upright position. Remember to ready all your exerted cards at the beginning of your turn. Your inkwell. Your inkwell is where you put ink cards face down. You use the cards in your inkwell to pay the cost of cards you play from your hand. You may put a card from your hand into your inkwell once each turn. The card you choose must have an inkwell icon around its cost in the upper left corner. The more ink cards you have, the more you'll be able to do. To put a card in your inkwell, show the card to your opponents and then put it face down into your inkwell as ink. Every card on your inkwell represents one ink, no matter what's on the front. Oh, okay. So even if like it's a three or a four or a five on the front of the card, it's only one ink to put it in the inkwell. Interesting. Um, which, I mean, kind of works the same as, as magic, except it's not separate lands. It's And so you can kind of decide what you don't need and what you need to put in there. And it's only worth, but they're only worth one no matter how many you put in there. Or, I mean, not no matter how many, because obviously the more you have, the more ink you'll have. But each one, no matter how much the front facing cost is, is only worth one ink when it's in the inkwell. Uh, to put a card in your inkwell, I show it. Uh, no matter what's on the front. Choose Wiley. Cards put into your inkwell stay there for the rest of the game. Once you put a card in your inkwell, nothing on the front matters, including its cost and ink type. It's simply ink. Okay. Playing the Sapphire and Steel Starter deck. Oh, that must be the one I, I picked up. Is it Sapphire and Steel? Uh, nope. This one is... Oh yeah, it is Sapphire and Steel. I guess each one has its own little little blurb here, but this is the Sapphire and Steel starter deck. This deck is great at quickly increasing the amount of ink in your inkwell, allowing you to get your most powerful cards out early in the game while banishing smaller opponent characters through direct damage. <coughs> uh, do 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 do. Uh, so this is basically explaining specifically how to play this starter deck and why it's built the way it is. So this starter deck is built to be 
um, like it says, it, to get ink really fast and get more powerful characters out first. Um, so there's Maui, Demigod, Maleficent, Uninvited, and Mufasa, King of the Pride Lands. Provide your main source of lore with three lore each, but they're, they're costly to play. Grandma, Grandma Tala, Storyteller, and Mickey Mouse Detective, and One Jump Ahead help you build up your ink so you can get those high-cost cards into play earlier. Uh, steel characters with Challenger include Captain Hook, Forceful Duelist, Prince Eric, Dashing and Brave, and Simba, Return King are great for challenging your opponent's big characters. Fire the cannons, grab your sword, and smash deal damage directly. This is very useful when facing characters who've already taken damage, and for characters with evasive who can cannot be tough, who can be tough to remove. Don't forget, consider the coconut, which is great at keeping your stronger characters fully healed. Uh, the sapphire and steel deck will reward aggressive, sustained speed, and well-timed healing to keep your costly characters in play. Uh, so basically that's how that starter deck is designed to play. Uh, to, to, okay, playing a card. Playing a card just means taking it from your hand and putting it face up on the table. Each player has an, each card has an ink cost and a hexagon in the upper corner. To play the card, you must exert that card, oh, that many cards in your ink well. Uh, when you play a character card, put it on the table above your inkwell characters entered into play in the ready position, but you can't do anything with them until your next turn. You need to wait for the ink to dry. Oh. Yeah, but you only need to wait for the ink to dry on characters instead if you put items which are still ink drawn, they dry automatically apparently. Uh, when you play an item card, put it on the table over your ink. Oh, I said sort uh, When you play an action card, do it the card tells you to do and then put the card on your discard pile. Always put the card into your discard pile face up so everyone can see it. Uh, oh, items. When you play an item card, put the uh, put it on the table above your inkwell. Unlike characters, you can use this item right away. Yeah, I know. I said that. Uh, songs are a kind of action card, but there's a special rule that gives you another way to pay for them. Each song says a character with an X cost can sing this song for free. If you have a character with the listed cost or higher, you can exert that character to, to play the song card instead of exerting inkwell cards in your inkwell. Uh, using this approach still counts as playing a card. Rules for that when you can exert a character apply still apply, of course, so characters can't sing songs the same turn they come into play. Uh, questing. To quest with one of your characters, exert them and gain lore equal to their lore value. Remember, you can't quest with a character the same turn you play them. Challenging. Questing is how you win the game, but sometimes you need to show, slow your opponents down. This is where challenging comes in. First, exert one of your characters to send them into the challenge. Then choose an opponent's exerted character to challenge. You can't challenge a readied character. Both characters and a challenge deal damage. Uh, each... Look at each of the character's strength and put that many damage counters on the other character. Uh, damage. Characters damage each other in challenges and some card effects deal damage as well. Whenever the source damage counter stays on the character until the effect removes them or the character is banished. The character is banished when they have damage counters that, on them that reach or exceed their willpower. Put that character card into its player's discard pile. Challenge. Captain Hook, 
captain of the Jolly Roger is challenging Donald Duck boisterous foul. Uh, captain Cook, ha Captain Cook, Captain Cook, Captain Hook has three strength and Donald has two strength. At the same time, Captain Hook deals three damage to Donald Duck, who gets three damage counters. Donald deals two damage to Captain Hook, who gets two damage counters. Uh, with only three willpower, Donald is in trouble because his damage is equal to or greater than his willpower. He is banished and goes into the player's discard pile. Hook wins the challenge. He needs to watch out, though. His own willpower of four is four, so if he takes two more damage later on, he'll be banished as well. Okay. Um, so that's similar to how you fight in Magic, except that the damage doesn't stay on monsters in between turns, where it looks like the Disney characters retain the damage unless they're healed in some way. Uh, multiplayer games. Lorcana is as fun as a two-player game, but there's nothing stopping you from playing with a game of three or more. Game rules remain the same, except that at the end of each player's turn, that player to the left takes the turn instead of the second player, obviously. Whenever the ability requires more than one player to do something at the same time, start with the player whose turn it is, then proceed to the left until each affected player has done the action. Building a deck. Making your own deck is part of the fun of Lorcana. Uh, you get to choose which characters you want, which abilities you include, and strategies you want to employ. There are two ways to approach building a deck. The easiest is to switch out cards in the existing deck with the one you're ready to play starter decks. You can also build new decks from scratch using cards in your collection. This method is more work, but it can be a lot of fun. Each Lorcana deck must follow these rules. Each deck must have at least 60 cards in it, but it can have more. Your deck cannot contain more than four copies of a single card. These are the same exact rules for magic. At least 60 cards, only four cards, uh, four copies of a card. Uh, example, you can't have more than four copies of Elsa, Snow Queen in your deck. Different versions of a character count as different cards. So having four copies of Elsa, Snow Queen in your deck doesn't keep you from adding four copies of Elsa, Queen Regent. Your deck can only contain cards from one or two different inks. Oh, so that answers my question about if it can be. So it can be just one type of ink, or you can have two, but that's it. Uh, be sure to check out blah, 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 for different videos. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. It's, it's basically, it sounds a lot like Disney Magic. I can't wait to try it out. Um, I have a div another starter deck. Let me see what because I have the Emerald and Ruby. Let me see what it says about that starter deck, how, like how to play it. Uh, the Emerald and Ruby starter deck. This deck is especially good at delaying your opponent's progress early on so you can focus on a long game. With your high lower values, Mad Hatter, Gracious Host, and Stitch Abomination will be your main characters for questing, while Pongo, Old Rascal, it's Evasion makes him hard to challenge. Uh, Megara pulling strings, Vicious Betrayal, and he's got a sword. Increase the strength of your characters, helping you banish opposing characters with a single challenge. Uh, Cruella Deville, miserable as usual, and Mother Knows Best can return characters to their players' hands, slowing down opponents and protecting your characters while the more expensive Dragonfire banishes characters outright. Uh, clever management of your resources and timing will keep your opponents under control. On top of everything else, Aladdin, Heroic Outlaw, and Steal from the Rich reduce your opponent's lore directly, which can be a help to increase your lead when you're ahead, or even bringing the win a win back around into your reach. 
The Emerald and Ruby deck will be will reward skillful combinations of cards and adapting to your opponent's play. Good luck. Uh, so that one is more about slowing down your opponents and causing them trouble. <laughs> uh, I do also have the last one. We'll see how that one is supposed to be played. This one is this one is the Amber and Amethyst deck. Uh, this deck's this desk. This desk that's right in front of me that I'm sitting at. This deck likes to quest early and often. Ariel on human legs. Ariel. I don't know why I said Ariel. <laughs> Ariel on human legs and Mickey Mouse true friend and Cinderella gentle and kind will be the main characters gaining lore with their lore values of two each. Characters late with evasive like Pascal, Rapunzel's companion, and Jetsum, Ursula's spy, can also quest and they're harder to challenge while they're exerted. Uh, use cards like Maximus, Relentless Pursuer, to control your uh, and control your temper to reduce the strength of opponents' characters, which helps characters with challenges like Dr. Felicier, Charlatan, and Jafar, Wicked Sorcerer, deal with them effectively. Rafiki, Mysterious Sage, and Flotsam, Ursula's Spy, provide a surprise attack element with their rush abilities. If your characters do take damage, damage cards like Akuna Matata and Dingle Hopper can provide healing relief. The Amber and Amethyst deck will reward bold, decisive play and skillfully timed combos. Alright, so that one seems like it's more like protective and healing and surprise attacks. So it's very much different strategies to all of these. And I wonder like because these are specific combinations made for these starter decks like how the Amber and Amethyst are together. I wonder like what kind of things you can make with Amber and Emeralds or uh, like Ruby and Amethyst, stuff like that. I'm sure it's very interesting. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, and I know they also have a lot of um, strategies online, strategy guides online, I think, for not uh, for building decks and stuff, because um, obviously someone like me who does not know how to play is going to be like, I don't know how I should build a deck, until you play a little, obviously, and then you kind of get the hang of it, but... Oh yeah, these came out of this one. Um... And then each pack, each starter deck also came with a, a pack, uh, a booster pack. Um, so I got a bunch of other cards as well. That's for like building other decks or adding to these ones. Um, but yeah, they're interesting. Like I like the art on them. Some of them are have like, uh, some of them are like foil background cards too. Um, and they're collector cards, obviously, so some of the rarer ones are worth money. Uh, just like in Magic and stuff. Um, yeah, so like, from the... From the booster packs, I got Minnie Mouse, 
Beloved Princess, Flounder, Voice of Reason, uh, Jumba Jabuki, Jabuka, Ju Jubica, Jumba Jubica, the alien guy from Stitch, Lilo and Stitch. Um, I got Be Our Guest, as a song. I got Ursula, Power Hungry, as a, as a storyborn villain. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're very interesting. It's cool. I got Donald Duck and Goofy. I got Prince Eric. I got Tamatoa from, uh, uh, why can't I think of the, the show? Uh, but anyway, he's the giant, like, crab, but this one, he's a little baby and has no sparkly shell. He's looking, he's picking up tiny little gold coins as a baby crab. Um, a scepter of Arendelle as an item. Hans from Frozen. Archimedes the owl is a, is an ally from, uh, Sword in the Stone, Gaston, and LeFou, Rapunzel. But, yeah, I mean, if you really like Disney and if you like magic, it's a very, it looks like it's going to be a very fun game. So, yeah, yeah. Alrighty, um, well that's pretty much all the time that I've got for this. Um, it's been a, almost an hour now, um, so yeah. Um, I don't have a science corner prepared again, sorry. Um, but we will hopefully be back to semi-normal and I will have a science corner prepared for you next week. Um, but until then, fuck booster go. I ain't the kind of weary time. Professional